Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Mayhem. I am your host, Justin Harvey. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. That is my co-host over there, Byron Turk. You can catch him at Byron... Byron Fever? At Byron Fever. At Byron Fever. Right. So again... All your praises, everything you like about the show, hit me on Twitter about it. Anything that you hate and dislike, it's clearly going to be his fault, so hit him about it. Apologies in advance. Um, I'm going to touch on a couple of things very quickly before we get to uh, a few surprises we have this week and our Lucha review, Um, but I'm going to send out the condolences to the family of uh, Joa Cavallo, who died in an MMA fight recently in Ireland. it didn't. He didn't actually die in the ring, but uh, stemming from injuries that may have occurred during the match, and he did pass away after the match. He was fighting uh, a guy, uh, last name Ward, Charlie Ward, I believe, out of SBG in Ireland, which is Conor McGregor's team. Very unfortunate situation. Um, and I, I don't really have a lot to say about it because there's there's still a lot of information that hasn't been found out yet, but it is something bad that happened in a, in a sport that I uh, really admire, so... Uh, I do want to acknowledge it and say that it's pretty tragic and I hope that the repercussions of it uh, are positive ones and the fact that I hope that if something was out of place that they find whatever that was and they correct it so that something like that doesn't happen again anytime soon. Uh, The law of averages alone with how many matches the UFC has right now, uh, I will say as a fan, I'm deathly afraid that something bad will happen. We've seen a couple nasty leg breaks. We've seen some weird things happen in the ring and accidents will happen. You know, we've seen those kind of things in pro wrestling before. And, uh, you know, in MMA there, it's, it's violent. There's bad things that happen. I mean, those guys are trying to do a certain amount of bodily harm to each other. And hopefully that doesn't lead to, you know, this kind of tragic ending, uh, on behalf of, of anyone's entertainment. You know, this isn't uh, the gladiator days anymore. We're not feeding Christians to lions here. That's not the point. It's supposed to just be athletic competition. And hopefully uh, it finds a way to stay there. So to the family of Joa Cavallo and, you know, anyone involved in that situation from the coaches, teammates, to just even the fans who who were unfortunately there for that event, uh, you know, my heart goes out to them. And, and hopefully these things don't happen too often in that sport. Anything you want to say about it, Byron, before we uh, jump into it? Um, no, I'm not too in a loop in MMA, but it is. I, I remember that happened in the news, and there was a um, a boxer recently who went into a coma after a fight, and it is a scary thing. I mean, it's it's an athletic competition, but you're trying to hurt each other, and you try and match up two people who are on equal footing, so that way it's competitive. But if someone is so much better than the other, then the other person's at a great risk so yeah and it didn't look like there was too much of that in this this fight it wasn't some weird lopsided freak show fight it seemed like it was fairly back and forth a uh, couple solid camps draw was mm-hmm. from uh from uh portugal and had a team there and sbg obviously you know they trained conor mcgregor and gunner nelson and a couple other huge huge names so you know they're they're very qualified on their end but it you know it didn't seem like a strange stoppage or anything maybe mm-hmm. he had a pre-existing condition again not really a whole lot of information out there yet hopefully there's a very very serious investigation going on mm-hmm. uh that would be my hope that the the promoter is a smaller promoter over there in ireland that uh did the fight and hopefully uh they're really really examining what went down there <laughs> Um, you know, 
And it's, it's sad news this week. And trust me, stick with me, folks. We're going to get to the exciting stuff because there is some amazing stuff going on in Lucha Underground that I want to talk about. But first, uh, I'm going to go to a segment that we taped a little bit earlier with a very special guest. Our first official guest, because I don't really consider Byron a guest. He's, he's my co-host there. But our first official guest called in a little earlier. So we're going to go to that clip. And I think from this intro music, you'll know exactly what we're going to talk about. I've got big Is Vinny Massaro with Justin and Byron, no Casey, so it's going to be really good. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to have to leave that in the podcast because we were just getting warmed up. But uh... oh yeah, no, go, go by all means. <laughs> Any, anytime we get to clown on Casey, well, I mean he clowns himself pretty pretty good, but you know it's. But anytime we could get to make fun of Casey is a good 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 podcast to me. Yeah, and, and, and believe me, he wouldn't uh, hesitate to make fun of Byron. He seems to leave me alone, but... Well, he's scared of you. I believe he is a little bit scared of me. Yeah. Um, well, welcome to the show, our, our very first guest ever on Mass Mats and Mayhem, uh, Vinny Massaro, the Sicilian from Lucha Underground. And uh, how you doing today, Vinny? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm doing pretty good, though. Um, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show was was a little bit of sad news that we got this week about the passing of uh, an icon in the sport with Balls Mahoney. Um, so I got to say, I'm definitely not feeling good about that. I was very uh, disappointed. I, I myself had seen Balls perform live a lot of times. You know, back in the day, I used to uh, go with my buddies to from Cleveland all the way to Philly to... Uh, watch some ECW shows, and if they came to Cleveland, I even saw one of the pay-per-views down in Orlando. So I was a big, big ECW fan back in the day, even sporting my old ECW shirt today. Um, so it, it hit me pretty hard, and, uh, you know, I'm, we're gonna, I'm gonna miss the guy. I mean, he was that guy that came to the ring at especially, you know, an ECW event or some of those early pay-per-views. Like, he brought out that chair and came to the ring. You knew you were getting an ECW quality event right there. That was what set the tone every time he came into the arena, you know? So we wanted to have you on and just kind of remember balls a little bit and, you know, shoot the shit about balls because I think he deserves it from, from every fan that ever saw him or, you know, in your case, didn't you even get a chance to wrestle him once? Yeah, that's, um, you know, I did, you know, I did get a chance to wrestle him, but before that, I mean, I was just kind of like you, I, you know, I I wasn't a big WWE slash WWF fan growing up. You know, I was more of a, a Japanese style, uh, you know, watching New Japan, All Japan. Grew up, you know, just basically watched a lot of that stuff. So, you know, when I, uh, when I came to, uh, you know, America, uh, you know, from Italy, I, you know, I started watching, you know, wrestling. And then, I, you know, it was all just, you know, WWF stuff. And it was, I, you know, it was watered down, obviously, compared to, you know, Right. If you're a little, if you're a little kid, because it's, it's for some reason, uh, we in Italy we got in Sicily we got the uh, New Japan wrestling, which is I don't understand how that happened, but so I mean, to, as a little kid growing up watching that wrestling and then going coming to like you know WWF and you're just like, what the heck is this you know this garbage? So 
I stopped watching wrestling for you know almost six seven years. I stopped. I really stopped watching. I watch it every now and then, but you know it didn't it didn't kick on until you know once I once I found ECW through uh, you know tape trading off of uh, RF video. I just was constantly watching ECW. So I was a I'm a huge you know ECW fan. I mean I mean I love ECW. Uh, you know there's some of the greatest wrestlers uh, I think came from ECW. So, you know, when, you know, when I, when I got a chance to wrestle against Balls Mahoney, it was a, you know, it was a, you know, it was a pretty cool experience to me, but, you know, I, you know, there's, everyone's got an opinion on wrestlers, you know, everyone's got an opinion on, on sure of Balls, you know, it's personal or non-personal, but to me, you know, I'm not going to, I'm just going to go with what I remember the guy, you know, from, and, you know, I, you know, back then I was just, Starting an indie guy, I was a nobody, right. you know, and he was Balls Mahoney. He was in he, he didn't go to WWF yet, but or WWE yet, but he was you know ECW. He did pay per views and you know he traveled uh, uh, you know you know went to Japan. You know he had a small little you know he he had a little tiny thing at WWE at first, but he was a big deal. So you know me and him wrestled, and he kind of asked me you know where I was trained, and I told him you know all pro wrestling in Hayward. And he's like, oh, you know, and he said, like, sounds familiar. And I told him, I was like, well, that's where uh, Spike Dudley came out of. And he's like, right. once, he, once he heard that, his eyes got, you know, <laughs> he's like, oh, then you're good. Don't worry about it. We're going to, and he walked away. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm like, so he just, you know, he walked away and he came back. He's like, man, don't worry about it. We're all good. You're, you know, you got good training. You're, you know, we're going to have a good match. And, you know, sure enough, I mean, he could have just, you know, everyone's been to those indie shows where the, you know the name guys come in and just do like their three moves and and then walk on out and and you know walk directly to the merch table and start selling their eight by tens for two, you know thirty bucks. Right, he could have just uh, smacked so, you in the chair like with a chair four exactly. or five times and gone and sold his shirts. <laughs> exactly, could have just ran in, kicked me, given me the what well, you know the, the the driver and then chair shot me and then chair shot the ref and then walked to the back and you know no big deal. Got his paycheck and left, but instead, you know, he ended. We ended up having like a thirty-minute match. Wow. Um, you know, we, we just went like literally, like we went like we did all kinds of stuff. He, um, you know, he he asked me what my finisher was. You know, I told him it was the, uh, you know, the snoring elbow. You know, the spinning elbow. Right. And he was like, perfect, because you know that's Masato Tanaka's finisher, and we'll just do that. So we literally just did like all the, like his match with Masato Tanaka, where they just did like they, they were trading stuff, and you know. You know, he he went swing the swung, swung the chair. I ducked. I hit him with the roaring elbow with, with the chair, and I pinned him. You know, and that's his, that was his call. He you know he wanted me to go over, so I was like, you know, and then and then like the you know the promoter wanted the chair shots, so he's like, okay, well, uh, you know, what's the, what's the heel tag team? And they told me, oh, these guys are like, okay, well, let them run out, and let let them let them beat beat us up, and then let them take the chair shots. You know, don't don't you know? And I was like, dude, this guy is like the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> like he was, he, you know, he was like even like taking care of me for that. He's like, oh, I'm not gonna give you a chair shot. You know, me and you are gonna wrestle. Let's let's let like, these guys take the chair shots. I'm like, dude, Paul Mahoney's the greatest super to me. <laughs> like to me, he, he was the awesomest guy. He was cool as shit. And you know, I'm sure everyone's got their own stories, but that's my story. And you know, I I really do wish, you know, because I I don't know, it's kind of I'm not I don't want to go on a on a, on a long winded. Sp- you know, speech or anything, but I noticed a lot of people were like, oh, Balls is, you know, Balls is such a great guy, but then, like, other people were like, oh, well, you know, he's this and this and this, because this guy said he's a, you know, right? he, he was a dick. I'm like, well, you know, I go, you know, I, I really do wish 
wrestling fans and even especially and even other wrestlers would just make their own opinions on people, on on fellow wrestlers and other you know other you know journalists or anything because I feel like a lot of people are just starting they just you know they go oh well Dave Meltzer thinks this is he's bad so he must be bad I'm like you know just you know everyone everyone just and it goes with just matches too you know. Right. You know, meet the guy, you know, you watch your match, you watch the tape, you watch the show, you meet the guy, you talk to the guy, and you make your own opinion on the guy. Don't, you know, we're, you know, we're wrestlers. Just because a guy can, you know, do a moonsault and, you know, do a dropkick doesn't mean he's, you know, he's the best judge of character. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, well, that's honestly one of the reasons why I love Twitter now, because I feel, I, I, I hope that more voices kind of rise out of it. Because just like you back in the old tape trading days and whatnot, I was like, you know, there's two or three dirt sheets out there and whatever, the, you know, the main companies were telling you. And unless you were there at the indie shows or talking to people or had any backstage access, you know, and I was even at a lot of indie shows and we just didn't know necessarily a lot of what was really going on. There wasn't much real right. shoot stuff going on. So it was hard to formulate an opinion. You know, maybe you met a guy at a signing or something, but that's not the same as being on the road with him in a car for six hours going to the next town or something. So you never really knew. But, you know, I, I'm like you and, and the fact that and, and why one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on is because, you know, let's remember balls, hopefully for some of the better stories. I'm sure like everyone else out there, he had his days. Who knows? No, nobody's, in a, nobody's perfect. Yeah. You know, there's, there's there, there. I mean, there's like I think there's like, you know, a few guys that I'm just like, you know, I think like, you know, Daniel Bryan and like, you know, Drake Younger, are like the nicest people in pro wrestling. You know what I mean? But like everybody else has something. Where you're like, ah, you know, maybe it was a, it was in a, he, you know, you call him in a bad day, or he just doesn't like those kind, you know, or he doesn't like that town or something. Just right. You know, nobody's perfect, but don't just be like, oh well, this guy had a bad run-in with my favorite wrestler, so this guy is a complete dick. I'm like, you know, once you people just need to make their own opinions on the matter, but you know, honestly, that's that's that was my story with balls, and I hope, you know. You know, I hope, uh, you know, thank you. I well, appreciate you letting me uh, share it. And, uh, you know, that's that's how I'm going to remember him. And I, you know, that's pretty much it. But uh, um, I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to hijack. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely not hijacking it. Well, let me ask you this. What Did you watch Lucha last night? Did you have any thoughts on the episode while I, we still got I, you for a couple minutes? Uh, you know, actually, I, I haven't. I didn't watch it. It was. I, I don't know. What are you? What, are you kidding me? Of course I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you missed the best hour on television this week. No, it was. It was no. It was. I loved it. I loved Killshot. I love. You know, the one thing I do. Lo- I do love about Lucha Underground. It's like it's an hour show, but they spend so much time on content and not other crap like you know commercials or you know, reviewing stuff is it that, right. you know, think about it. It's an hour. It's not three hours, but they, but they actually like the matches are there. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're taking their slow time. I mean like kill shot and our Hennis, you know, if the WWE had that, had that match, it would have been like two minutes. You know what I mean? Right. It would have been, you know, it's, you know, it's like they gave those, give they gave those guys time. Uh, Tejano and Daga, you know, uh, they, they had, they gave them plenty of time. And they, you know, it wasn't a rush. You know, they didn't rush. They didn't. Everything was, you know, they told a good story. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm looking forward to Daga because Daga's a really good wrestler. He's a. If you ever watched him in AAA, he's got a lot of a, a Japanese style, which which I like. A lot of MMA hybrid stuff, which I like. And of course, the main event was, you know, unbelievable because they're telling, you know, they. That's the thing that I like. It's like, yeah, there's a storyline with Cage and Taya and 
and Morrison, but that wasn't the whole match. They didn't just be like, all right, right. let's just go ahead and mm -hmm. let's let those guys walk out, and that's the story of the match. No, they still told that story, but they also had a good match. You know, it's I'm, I'm you know I hated this the thing I hate that uh, you know watching in wrestling. I was like, okay, well we got to get this storyline over. All right, well then let's have this guy get distracted by this guy and get rolled up real quick. I go, why? I go, why can't you do that and then have a good match also? And also have a good match. I yeah, agree. It's like, it's like why you, ha you have to? Oh, we have to get the storyline over. So the match is going to be complete garbage. It, they're not going to do anything because we did, you know. But you know, like I said, look at the main event. They told the story, but they still had a great match. And you know, mm -hmm. Dragon Azteca Jr. I think became a star, and everyone's you know, everyone's going to be remembering him. You know. And that was a big part of that match to me, too, was like, you know, look, Dragon Azteca is standing in here with a lot of people who have held a lot of gold. And there's a lot to live up to just being in the ring with those other five individuals. And, and how would you feel about his performance, you know, in light well, of... I mean, I, I, I commented on last night. I thought, you know, I thought it was... First of all, it's, that team is crazy. You know, yeah. you got Rey Mysterio is like, you know, he's the man. He, there's, you can't, you know, he's... He, Rey Mysterio is an entity. He's like, you know, he's that good of a wrestler. He's just, he's everything. But you look at Prince Puma. I look at him. I look at Prince Puma as like Rey Mysterio from like WCW, WWE days, you know, you know, with, you know, high flyer, but yet, you know, super powerful. Right. I look at, and I look at Dragon Azteca as Rey when he's like 18 years old in AAA and ECW, you know what I mean? Right. You know, cra those crazy, amazing spots. So, it, but, you know, it, it's, it's exciting, and I can't wait to uh, you know to see more. But um, um, if I can just real quick before, because I gotta get going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so I just, I just want to take this opportunity, if, if I could, you know, if you don't mind, I got I got something important to say. To, I don't, I don't want to use your. Uh, no, go for it. Go for it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I just wanted to uh, quickly say it's very important, dear, dear to my heart. I just want to let people know how much Casey sucks. Uh, he's a total douche, and uh, please let him know that uh, you know. Casey Nielsen is a total. Everyone go on Twitter and tell, just say, Casey, you're an idiot. And <laughs> I'm just, he is an idiot. But, anyways, I'm just saying, you know, thank you. I just want to say thanks for all the support at Lucha on the Ground and everything that you guys do. And, uh, you know, check out my Twitter, Snoring Elbow. And then also, uh, you know, check out my wife's uh, Etsy shop. Appreciate it. And that's pretty much it. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate cool. it. Thank you for being on, Vinny. We appreciate thank you, you brother. And we'll get at you real soon. All right, thanks. Later. I've got big balls. I've got big balls. They're such big balls. And they're fancy big balls. And he's got big balls. And she's got big balls. But we've got the best balls of All right. I just want to thank uh, Vinny Massaro for being on the show. Uh, that was awesome of him to call in and share his ball story. Uh, anything you want to say about that? I know you, we, we kind of let Vinny talk there. Yeah, no, no, that was, that was a great, great story, um, from Vinny. And, uh, it's always cool to hear personal interactions, um, that, that we're not privy to as fans. Right. Uh, especially, uh, on the independent circuit where we may not even read about it or hear about it, but it's really cool to hear, uh, about, how how the different wrestlers are as as human beings how they interact with each other and uh it was just it was a really cool story and um i also really liked um it's all, always cool talking to Vinny, but i really liked his um the little thing he added at the end i thought that was also a very important <laughs> message 
Yeah, the Lucha Gringo is taking some heat this week on Mass Matt and Mayhem, uh, and I have nothing to do with it, Casey. I just want you to know, you know, I, I appreciate you. And I thought that Casey, uh, this will be the first thing I say about Lucha Underground this week, and I said it on Twitter last night. Um, it was great. The one thing about the episode that completely did not surprise me last night was seeing, you know, like five cutaways of Casey screaming his lungs out like what I could see inside his throat bleeding. Mm-hmm. He was screaming so loud. So for for all the hate and attention you get for that, Casey, for your your heelish nature as a person, don't fret. We still appreciate all the yelling and screaming you do in the temple every week on behalf of all of us. I wonder I wonder if the advertisers are commenting or they they have to pay a, a lesser rate based on how much B-roll footage of Casey there is in every episode. Well, I think they do that to keep the edginess of the network. It's like, you know, they lead into the show from those horror movies and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, that gets so all the monsters. They, they want a monster clip early of, you know, they want that face there to make sure that they're keeping the continuity from the, the programming before Lucha yeah. Underground comes on. Like when ECW was on sci-fi, so they had a zombie for a week. Yes. This yeah. Is... yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's all in fun, Casey. Maybe. Um, so this episode, again, I don't know, I don't know what's wrong with me. I feel like there's something wrong deep, deep in my soul. I keep thinking, okay, yeah, this week's episode is going to be whatever. Like we just saw so much greatness the week before and the week before that was this or Aztec Warfare and you know, I'm just like, yeah, there's not going to be a big match this week. There's not going to be a grave consequence. There's not going to be some huge thing. And, uh, nope, I was wrong totally freaking wrong again like i'm think i'm just ready for like uh whatever run in the mill regular a regular episode of mm. lucha underground there is apparently no such thing like from start to finish once again just craziness i'm gonna go through this one in order um and we don't have to dwell on it forever because i know you guys if you're listening to this i hope that you watch the show and if not go back and watch the show then come back to us because it was, again, another great episode. I know a lot of the West Coast Lucha Click did not uh, get a chance to watch the show when it aired because they were watching Kobe, uh, the Mamba, that um, the guy down the street who played the basketball thing for 20 CP3. years or something. And, uh, but he... that, that guy retired, mm-hmm. I guess. He played his last game here in, uh, what's the city? Uh, Los Angeles. It was a really small thing. It didn't crash Twitter for 20 minutes or anything. It literally crashed Twitter. Yeah, like the West Coast Lucha Click was like, hey, I was like, hey, I'm going to live tweet this with the West Coast now, too, because I normally watch the East Coast feed. And then uh, I decided, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get it to homies on the West Coast feed. I go on to Twitter. That junk is just shut down. It's crashed. I'm almost positive it was because of Kobe. I'm almost positive. Or maybe it was people going nuts over Kill Shots, like, re-debut. Uh, m- maybe. And we're going to get to that. So first, right off the bat, Dario, Dario El Jefe. Uh, this is the Dario that I love. This whole episode, he was great. He decides to bring together some uh, unusual bedfellows again in mm-hmm. Johnny Mundo. I'll call him Mundo this week. Taya and Juju Cage. He's not a man. He's a machine. He's a machine. <laughs> um, as and Johnny, I don't know, like, uh, you see Johnny and you know his gimmick a lot of times of what he's going to do, and he's going to be this smarmy thing, but there's a certain amount of charm to it. The The way that his facial images and him throwing in little asides after Cage left or whatever, 
Johnny had me in tears. I was cracking up mm-hmm. during that whole segment. What What did you think of that segment? Well, I, I think uh, I think you can really tell. It's kind of like the uh, Triple H and Chris Jericho sort of thing where you have a wrestler go take acting and improv lessons and then they come back and then you see them on camera acting like a human being. And then you see the wrestlers kind of trying to say a face without looking scared on camera or trying to say a line. It's like it, it becomes that much of a contrast when you have like Johnny Mundo, who's been taking a lot of lessons and pursuing acting he, so much subtlety and so much additional stuff he brings in there. That doesn't sound like he's trying to do a cheesy action movie one liner. It's it's it was really good. But um, I, I'm just a huge fan of Johnny Mundo and Lucha Underground and What's well, that seems like a really good fit for him. And yeah. the guy is really becoming in the overall total package in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not to not to take anything away from Lex Luger, but I'm just saying the the what Yeah. It's it is a total package. He's got high flying ability, but mm-hmm. he can work strength spots in the mm-hmm. ring. You know, he knows how to tag really well. He, well, knows- he takes his high spots and he's been especially tonight, he uses them in a much more it, they look so much more vicious and hard. So he can go in a ring with a guy like Cage, who, right. you know, your your all your flippy shit isn't gonna look like it's hurting him. But Mundo is able to use it in a way where it does look like it will. It's really smart. It's smart, smart wrestling, and it's very surprising too because I think a lot of people, you know, thought that Johnny was a little cheesy in some of his WWE days, or maybe that he was a little green, and maybe he was. I mean, maybe it mm-hmm. just took. You know, whatever he's been through in his career to get to this point where now, uh, and I hate to use this word because it's a WWE word, but I think Johnny Mundo is a superstar. And he's one of those guys where you're going to see him on an episode and you're going to remember him as like, oh, yeah, this guy is clearly going to stay at the top of the card. He's clearly a part of storylines that matter. Mm-hmm. You want to see him in storylines that matter. You don't mm-hmm. just want to see him go out and do nothing matches, you know, and I don't know, just great. And his, his little cracking on cage and stuff was great. Now, and I, and, and look, and I've raved, raved about cage and Taya on this show. Right. Um, and as much as Ray Puma and dragon Azteca is the dream team in Lucha underground, they're the dream team of guys in masks. Yeah. (laughs) Taya cage and Johnny might be the dream team of white dudes, not in masks or not, all dudes. I didn't mean that. Ty. I really didn't mean you were a dude. Brian's looking at me like you're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. No, but like they're, they're a dream team to me for a completely different reason. But mm-hmm. I have to say this is Dario not remembering the cinder block that Johnny smashed onto Cage's head. How are you going to put these three in a ring together? That was crazy to me. Yeah. Well, I love how you often will see it's an interesting pairing or, or grouping of people and you see it with tag teams as well because it's an interesting sort of odd couple dynamic when it happens but it was great to actually see it come together to see Dario you see his motivations why he did it see which is what because it worked with the with the other trios tag team with well, the unlikely he he just likes I mean you see his fascination with um, things that are interesting to him with with regards to violence and these are it's a group of people who are who are tearing each other apart and they're very good at it and they're trying to fight all the time and so he thinks that if they focused in the same direction then they would right. be able to not only um win but then they would also be able to be in his pocket well from a writing standpoint i really do like where they push the storyline of of being able to keep that storyline alive put those three in a match together mm-hmm. 
and a match that has huge significance otherwise. But I mean, it's just it's efficient storytelling. Yeah, you're you're telling the story, and and I'm gonna go right into the match too, and then we'll come back and talk about the other two matches. But since we're already talking about this with the setup, you. you you get this continuity of story, but you're also telling the story at the same time of the the luchador dream team coming together. Mm-hmm. You're telling the story of, hey, is Dragon Azteca really gonna, you know, be able to hold his weight with these other just huge, huge stars of the sport? You know, mm-hmm. Ray's held gold everywhere he's been. You know, Puma's held the gold in a few places, but let's just stick with the Lucha Underground Championship yeah. and being the first one for, for the story purposes. Um, Morrison in there, in the ring, across from him, Taya, Cage. I mean, that's a that's a lot of weight to carry in your mm. first match. Or maybe that's perfect for your first match because you've got all that excellence around you. Yeah, but, but when you're in Lucha Underground and when you get in a match like that, you don't want to come in and and just get through it. You don't want to hang with everyone. You need to find a way to stand out. And with and do El- you think Dragon X Tucker Jr. did that? Oh, he absolutely did. I mean, it's you have on one level you have it's a fight between two three person teams, but on another level it gets to the point in a match where all the faces are doing their high spots and they're going crazy, and they're all it's between the three of them. They're battling for attention. Who can who can get the biggest pop or who can do the, you know, the craziest thing. And, and Dragon Azteca, I think held his own. I mean, he had, I love his DDT. Yeah. Uh, he's, he does some sort of tornado DDT where he's spinning in the air on his own. It's, it's incredible. And then it's just, he's, I think he showed that not only he belongs next to Ray and Puma in the Lucha Underground ring, but he shows that, you need to pay attention to him. Right. Well, and, and that's true. And here was my other concern with the match. Um, and I've voiced this opinion before, too, about Taya. I love Taya. I think she is a great worker. Mm-hmm. And I was worried going into this match, like, oh, crap, here we go. Taya's out there with five stars. She's not going to get Jack in. But I loved the storytelling. I loved what she, she did get in. I loved her spots in this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I have to kind of recant a little bit yeah. and just say that okay this usage of taya right now is working for me yeah as long as she's in there and she's looked at as another competitor she's not being put in just like a pure valet spot or anything like that where mm-hmm. she's actually in the ring and it's there's no question about the fact that she's competing on the same level as everyone else in there she's doing the same kind of spots like mm-hmm. i just feel like i want to make sure that she continues to be seen as just a luchadora that it can hang with anybody that walks into the temple. Like, I don't care. Put her against Mil Muertes next week. I'll believe it if she wins. I, I, I wouldn't consider her any less than any luchador in that building, except maybe Matanza. Matanza's a freaking monster. <laughs> yeah, let's be, let's be very clear. Um, nothing but respect and a little bit of fear for, um, for the, the monster Matanza Coito. Yeah. And uh, I hope he's uh, doing well in his cage and he's happy grunting and, and whatever he does. And uh, please don't be mad at us about anything. So the finish, the finish of this yeah. thing sees the dream team. I'm just going to call him the dream team from now on. Sees the dream team go over, um, which is good. I mean, I guess that frees up Mundo and Taya and Cage to continue their storyline, mm-hmm. um, which obviously played out a little bit in the match. You know, so we've got the dream team moving on. 
what do you think? Are are they going to be the next trios champions? Do you think? Well, they're they're overpowered. Just I mean, who's who would beat Ray and Puma? Who do you think would just beat the two of them? I mean, on any given day, somebody's got a chance, but I feel like you got to think that they're the odds on favorite at this point. Now, I also don't know what the structure of the tournament is. Thanks, Dario. It's <laughs> not like there's brackets up on the, the temple wall or anything. So yeah. we'll have to see what other teams Dario has up his sleeve or who he pulls in. How long the first round will last? Yeah, the first round could be 20 matches deep. I mean, he could have a match with everybody in there. You know, if the next team is... Pentagon, Mill, and Matanza together as a trios, you know, <laughs> oh. then I would say the fav- the uh, odds may, you know, lean somewhere else. But you-, you never know with Dario. Yeah. It's not, you know, unlikely bedfellows is certainly something that he's done before. So, well, we've got them going on in the trios tournament. That was an exciting story. Um, but now uh, I'm going to work. Uh, actually, I want to talk about Lotus because Lotus kind of uh, brought herself in storyline wise with a little bit of. Uh, involvement in this and you know kind of playing both sides here in this backstage vignette and Mm -hmm. and admitting that she kind of played both sides where is lotus going from here is she playing dario is she playing the the prodigy of uh dragon azteca's legacy or what what is she doing is she playing a dangerous game here well i think i think there was just a tremendous, tremendous amount of character development going on in this episode. And yeah. and for a while, you can go along with Black Lotus tagging along with Dario because of the situation they were in. It's kind of a, you just got to do, you got to go on the run or she doesn't have many options. But eventually, you're, we, need to, we need to know why she's still hanging out and doing what she's doing. And this was a really good window into that. I mean, you see her. But she's not in a cage anymore. I mean, yeah. she's standing outside what? Dario's office handing out yeah. lollipops or waters or whatever the heck she's well, doing she, out there. We've seen her out there forever. She's kind of like his, his bodyguard, sort of, Which, aside from his brother. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, she, I mean, his brother's locked up in a cage. So if yeah. you need somebody there quickly, obviously it's going to be her. But, I mean, mostly she's opening the door for people to walk into the office here. I think they didn't necessarily answer that question specifically, but by addressing it, they they put the question out there. So now we found out that she she has her own agenda, right? And she's playing Dragon Azteca Junior. Uh, we don't know. I think she's playing Dario too, and that's a dangerous game. I mean, she's playing she's yeah. playing the top faces in the company, and they're they're not going to be happy. Yeah. And I think you know they might be quote-unquote baby faces or technicos but at the same time those aren't guys you want to piss off either i wouldn't want to piss off ray and dragon azteca like and ray's got friends like he could come with a whole gang of people from mexico Mm -hmm. and and jack you up pretty quick and dario obviously like i think lotus is playing both sides against the middle and i think Mm -hmm. she's got something up her sleeve that she has yet to reveal she's just biding her time i can't wait to see where that Mm storyline could possibly go and who knows but but she's the one who killed dragon azteca and eventually she's gonna have to to pay for that or account or answer for it yeah well maybe not maybe she can get both sides play both sides against the middle and slide on out and go yeah. somewhere else who knows a lot of questions a lot of questions i loved it though because here we are we've spent more time talking about the segment than what it actually took to air um so kudos to to everyone writing those vignettes mm-hmm. 
because they're mind blowing sometimes just awesome on on the stuff that you get out of that that you want to see play out in the ring just from you know a water cooler conversation in the back <laughs> well it's it's such efficient storytelling that they're doing where they do something and then i mean it's they do that little segment and then there's just so much to it yeah you know and it's the whole thing like it's an hour long show probably 40 minutes of airtime and everything means so much yeah and it does i mean it's re- again like i said before it's very efficient storytelling um, I guess the next thing I want to talk about and this, I'm going a little bit out of order. I know I said I would go in order, but I'm going out of order because this is what I'm thinking about now. I'm thinking about the lovely, uh, welcome that Daga got to the temple. Yeah. I like to say that he got the Lucha underground handshake, which is kind of sounds like, you know, a big slap across the neck, uh-huh. face, chest. Holy crap. Like, I am not the biggest Tejano fan in the world. I, I don't dislike him by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't, I'm not like in a super pop for Tejano. I'm just being honest. But last night, holy crap, that might have been the perfect opponent uh, for Tejano because those guys worked so stiff. Like, yeah. I felt like I needed to take two Tylenol just to watch that match. That was super super stiff chops that just looked like they were searing the skin off of each other um really great chain wrestling stuff in the mm-hmm. middle and mat wrestling and and they worked the outside and got the whole crowd into it um i mean vampiro looked like he was gonna pop out of his skin for that match yeah. and even when they came over to the desk vampiro was just kind of like holy crap this is just amazing like i don't think he was expecting that match out of those guys either so, uh, welcome to the temple, Daga. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Well, he definitely got the Lucha Underground welcome, which is when you're new, you have to, you have to lose. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that makes sense because it's a new territory and you kind of have to learn and adapt and find your, find your way there. But Well, I mean, they didn't exactly give him an easy challenge in right. one of the longest-running AAA mega champions ever. And but, yeah, he didn't have to win, though. Like, they did a great job. And with the whole character development thing that they've been doing in the whole episode, they did a great job in establishing him and Tejano. They brought him in with Dario and had a great little interview there, or, <laughs> no, or a great little like introduction. I'm there. just gonna say, Daga looked like all he wanted to do was drink Dario scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Daga looked so thirsty in that whole scene to me. Like I don't even know what Daga was saying. I'm just thinking, you know. Daga is looking at Dario like he's the most interesting man in the world, and he just wants that drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know it's expensive. I guess so. <laughs> but th- then they also, they during the match, you have um, the commentary explaining the relationship. You establish, like, you hit on, you can't hit on it enough that Tejano is the longest um, uh, mega champ for AAA. Like, he he's done a lot of really big stuff, and then these guys have, they've been a tag team and they they know each other really well so storyline wise it makes sense that that you know they're gonna fight each other and they're going to really go at it with each other and it makes sense we know where they stand with each other you don't feel bad when daga loses no i mean honestly i wasn't even thinking about that the next day other than the fact that you know tejano won a medallion and you, you of course, want to see how that's going to play out this year and, yeah. and where the gift of the gods is going to go. But at the same time, um, man, at the end of that, I felt like I'm the winner. 
<laughs> that's yeah. what it's another one of those matches where I was not, I had no expectations for it. I know Dog is a solid worker, but I thought it was I thought it would be a little slow and plodding. Yeah. And it wasn't that at all. It, it really was showcased. Just a, it was really a showcase match. And it was one of those things where it's like, I saw it on paper. I knew it was coming up. I was like, eh. eh. <laughs> but yeah. it wasn't. It, I was like halfway through. I'm, I'm popping out of my skin for that match. I was like, holy crap. Now I want to see these guys again. Now maybe really I am a Tejano fan. Yeah. You know, and Daga, definitely. Like, I want to see where he's going to go. I'd like to see him in there with some other people. And, mm. and he proved he could work with a, a bigger guy, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tejano is not small he's not dog a size and those guys worked it great mm-hmm. you know and i wanted to ask Vinny when he was on i was like yeah you want to do you want to have a match with dog i know you want to work strong style but you want to take some of those chops <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't want to work a match with either of those guys after seeing that holy crap i mean yeah. some hard bumps really hard shots stiff 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 yeah. match you know and i was thinking you know we talked about balls mahoney earlier i was like okay that's a match. Balls Mahoney is sitting up there watching himself and would probably have loved. Hopefully him and Axel are cracking some beers and watching a good stiff match like that somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I guess we're, there's one match left to talk about. Our returning luchador, our Hennis, versus a serious up-and-comer and player in yeah. the the newly... Uh, what would you say? Re reinvented kill shot. Refocused, maybe. Refocused. That's the word. Yeah. Uh, we saw that great promo last week. That I can't, you know, the thirty-seven confirmed kills promo, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. and uh, that really kind of reinvigorated everyone. And I know a lot of lucha fans were like, "Oh snap, that was a great promo." Yeah. And I heard some negative stuff too, of like, "Too bad, you know, the in ring is never going to match up to how dope that promo was," but. I don't know, people. This mm-hmm. match was really, really good. Yeah, well, season one for Killshot was pretty forgettable. I mean, he yeah. was basically another guy for uh, Cuerno to beat. So Cuerno wasn't always losing to the right. top guys. Um, and also his in-ring stuff wasn't good in season one. He had a double stomp off the top rope that just looked like it was more dangerous than... Than it was worth. Than it was worth. For the most part. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was, let's just call it like it is. He was on jobber status the first season. Yeah. He was. I mean, he was also very, very new too. Well, yeah. And, but he had a decent gimmick Mm -hmm. and, and then, but, but he's done some stuff on the indies and his other Mm -hmm. gimmick that, that has been fairly impressive. And then there was some hype behind him. There was a reason why, um, he got this kind of call up to come to Lucha underground. Yeah. Um, you know, but now, now I feel like with this promo, maybe oh. it reinvigorated him and switching up the gimmick a little bit and coming in with the military stuff. Maybe this is just the right thing for him because he seemed reinvigorated in this match with Arhenis. And and Arhenis is a guy that probably got a bigger rub than him last season. Arhenis, uh, well, he, he did, sort of. Sort of. And, I mean, uh, he got some attention, let's just say. Yeah, but... <laughs> Uh, but Arhenis is also like he's he's a great opponent for Killshot because Killshot can learn and also sort of lean on lean on his experience a little bit. But um, what uh, the whole episode with how effective it was with storytelling and character development, you you see that in Killshot's match now. Right. You see they got all that time, but you see Killshot throwing out these mannerisms you see now that you learned a bit about him with that uh vignette 
when you see him in a match and you see him doing stuff, you you he's still bringing you into his story. Story, right? And I mean, it's kind of like what Cobra Moon was doing with the body motions of being like a snake and kind of bringing that into to that character. It's not mm-hmm. now I'm seeing, like, oh, maybe this gimmick just didn't make sense to him before, but now it's clicking. It's like, dude, yeah, you're a badass that's been through some horrible shit, and maybe it was good for you, maybe it wasn't. You've got some issues. Mm-hmm. Like, let's see what that means to how you're physical in the ring, like how you throw a chop. Is it different now? You know, and he's doing like these gun points and stuff, and and you know, and. I kind of, I don't know if it'll stick, but I kind of rechristened his finishing move as dead, dead to rights. Um, yeah. Because now it looks like something. It looked like the double stomp meant something now. Yeah. Uh, the double stomp. I mean, you have, you have how it was set up. Right. It's, it kind of felt like how um, it just, the setup to me was a little, a little it's weird. Very where, like he has to, the guy has to sit up and wait for him. And then, Kilshot has to get up there and and pose and do his thing. Um, I I think though you could find. But I mean, is that worse than you know kicking a guy's arm in and crossing your arms and doing the the thing like rock or doing the worm ahead of time? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's I, I think better than that. I think you can work that. I think you can work that better into matches once you know it's it's more established. But well, maybe the he actual needs a good setup spot that I think yeah. people are seeing, and I think maybe in. Uh, matches with more people involved or trios or tag matches, maybe yeah. that setup will play a little bit better. But aside from the setup, the guy sitting up for the start of the of the double foot stomp was new to me and and it just made it look vicious. Yeah, something it about it incredible. the move looked the move looked so much better this time now. Yeah. Whatever the tweaks to it were, and I don't I again he wasn't that memorable in the first season. So no. I don't even remember how the move was going down in the past. Like I'll need to go back on iTunes and rewatch yeah. some of his matches from the first season. And I probably will do that now because yeah. now I actually care. I actually kind of give uh-huh. a crap and I kind of want to see the evolution that got us the mm-hmm. kill shot we have now. And boy, do I hope that they've got some stuff planned for him. Like, I don't know where you fit him in. If you fit him in, in a trio, or if, if there's some smaller storylines he could put that you could put him in, but I see him being a great person to really lead those storylines in mm-hmm. the first match of the night, you know, on, yeah. the, on the show. And that's not necessarily the undercard, but I put him almost like rare a Rey Mysterio was in WCW where those cruiserweight matches were like headlining the mm-hmm. first hour of, of Nitro or whatever. You yeah. know, I feel like he's the early headliner on the card now or, or in that ha- contention. He has those flashy moves like the roll into a cutter, uh, which he used a lot better. Um, it, it just, it was a great spot, but I don't think you ever really placed it well beforehand. Right. Um, and, but it looked amazing, but he, he added with that, with the change to the double foot stomp and with his new finish, um, I couldn't even tell you what it's called, but, um, that, that weird driver from, uh, an electric chair, chair or yeah. something like both those moves look vicious and quick and hard. And it's, it just, it adds, it really goes along with the, like from top to bottom on his character, you have the vignette, you have his in, in ring work, and now you have his, his two finishes. Like he looks dangerous. Yeah. Well, and let's hope they keep pushing that the right direction. I think that that's a really interesting character and storyline. And, you know, and it's a collaboration too. I feel mm-hmm. like this is one of those things where maybe it didn't click initially, but I feel like the writers and the, the worker 
are coming together and creating something that could just end up being special. And it could mm-hmm. be almost like Puma was. I'm not going to say it was be as, as big as Puma was, but I feel like Puma in the first season was the one really good instance of that, where the writing and creative brain came together with a great worker and just kind of came up with something that that worked and that was mm-hmm. easy to get over easy to get over kill shot hasn't been easy to get over right up until now but i think with that vignette last week and if he can keep the in ring where it's at this week mm-hmm. that's going to be easy to get over people are going to pop like crazy for that that's exactly what they want to see in lucha underground well puma was advertised as from being boyle heights he right. was yeah but come on but everybody he, did yeah. did not everybody in the ring i mean that that that, that arena I'm, was full of smarks day one yeah but i'm saying like puma is he's great and everyone knows who he is and he's just he was phenomenal before he showed up but he was kind of uh created as the hometown lucha underground right. hero but that could have backfired man yeah People could have been like bullshit but, we don't care about that that's terrible booking. i'm saying though that kill shot could be more of an organic right organic version of that he's a guy who showed up and he wasn't making all that big of a mark, but you see him progress and you see him do better and better. And he's the guy who's going to grow right. in the, in the Lucha underground world. Well, and, I thought he was the guy that was going to need famous B to make him famous and get over. Yeah. But I think B can spend his time somewhere else. Now I think famous B you're officially off the hook. Kill shots. Fine. He doesn't need your help now. He, he <laughs> might be a star on his own. You can focus your energy somewhere else. I need one of those cards. I, I don't I don't know if it's gonna work for you. I, I don't know if he can help he, you. you. You never know. I gotta make a phone. I called him, but I got his voicemail. Yeah, there there might be a reason for that. I he might he, be screening his calls. Hope I mean, he picks up next time. He picked up for me, and then what do you know? A week later, I'm doing the show. <laughs> Thanks, famous. Thanks, famous B. Good looking out, brother. Um, well, so this is the last thing I kind of really want to talk about this week. Um, and maybe this will be a little rantish. Maybe it won't. I know that that J-Man and, and Urban have said that uh, there needs to be a rant quota. And by the way, I, before I get into this, I, I do want to say I want to shout out to uh, Mill Hustles and Razor Cabron and J-Man and Urban and the TwitWow guys and the other guys who are doing stuff like this and uh, mm-hmm. Heel Huns and, and all these guys. I don't want you guys to think that there's some kind of heat or animosity with people doing different stuff. I listen to those guys' shows, by the way. I hope you guys do too. Hopefully we're bringing something a little different, not in the fact that we don't like what they do, but just in the fact that we're not trying to be copycats. We're just talking about something that we love. Mm -hmm. Also, those guys love the product. We talk to them all the time. They're awesome dudes. So Lucha Click Flam is is totally solid. Don't hate. Um, There's no need for it. If you want to hate, Go bust on WWE or something. Um, but that being said, I want to get into... Oh, and Carnage Culture. I, did, I, did I leave them out? Is that a podcast? It's a, it's, just a, it's a thing. Mm. I love those guys. We'll have them on as guests. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have them on as guests. And I definitely want to have J-Man on as a guest at some point, too, to talk some MMA. Um, but so there's been talk. There's been chatter. Um I'm going to talk about two things here today. There's been some spoilers out there, people. And last time I went to the temple, some of the producers even called out the audience and Vampiro called out the crowd on like, what's up with the spoilers? The best thing to me about the spoilers is uh, some of them are so wrong. Yeah. Like 
please don't post wrong spoilers because that makes me want to read them because they're hilarious. Like yeah. I was there and some of the spoilers that people posted, like what, what I, I don't know if that was a leak from the wrestlers just messing with those guys or what it was, but holy crap. Some of the false spoilers were hilarious. Like it was great. Yeah. So my spoiler for the week is Masquerita is the new Lucha underground champion, right? Well, how can he not be famous bees uh, trying to make moves? <laughs> yeah. I saw that passing off his business card. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Seriously. People like the, the whole thing with the spoilers like, and, and I love that there's misinformation out there now. Like, yes, big things happen at Lucha Underground, but damn it, it's for you. You don't want to know. Trust me, mm-hmm. you don't want to know. You'll know. You'll know soon. But with the kind of show that they're making at Lucha Underground, they can't do it day and date. And trust me, people, you don't want that. All the stuff that you're complaining about from the other shows is because of that. When the mm. matches are slow, it's because those guys are on the road all the time and they can't work like the Lucha Underground workers that can come in for a weekend, do a couple tapings, and then not have to work again for a month. Okay? But then it has to get turned around. It has to get edited. It has to get cut up. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't been to a Lucha Underground taping, here's the part that I will tell you. They film two episodes in a day, and they do two days on a weekend. So that's four episodes. That's a lot of freaking work, even for a one-hour show. Mm-hmm. Okay? And those guys are putting it in. And that takes months to edit. Byron and I both work in TV. Uh, well, if you could call it TV. But yeah. we know the editing process takes months of lead time. You know, they're turning the stuff around pretty quick. So give them a chance to tell the story. Even if you know the results of the in-ring stuff, even if you know, you're still not going to know what those backstage vignettes are leading right. up to it. You know, unless there's a leak from the production crew, which I don't think is what's happening because those guys aren't going to care. Oh, no, but if you're on production... Yeah, it's a combination of not caring and also it you can't like every job you work on you sign an NDA. Right. You just you can't it's if you got busted, it's not like you don't get to go to the shows anymore or you have to sneak in. That's your job. That's and it. Your That's reputation. your career. Yeah. And but, so and 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 we fall into that to a certain extent too. Like don't don't ask me for spoilers. Like if we're standing in line at a taping and there was a taping the day before and you want to know like kind of what you're walking into for a storyline for a live taping, while I'm in line, maybe I'll tell you something that happened Casey yesterday. will tell you everything. <laughs> Here's what happens. There'll be a taping and then Casey will be like, "Hey man, can you put your phone on speakerphone and get around a bunch of people? I'm going to tell you everything that That's happened. That's the only time, though, that I even want to know. Because <laughs> you're going to go sit in there and enjoy it. But, yeah, it does. And you might want to know, like, oh, oh, they're feuding? Like, but honestly, you get in there, and it may not even matter. Well, they do a great job of when you're at the tapings, and if you don't know what's going on, which is, Catching the, for the little. most part, they do a great job of just putting on a live show that you enjoy. Right. And sometimes there'll be little extra tidbits that might explain the storyline for the audience that might not know. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes the crowd is popping for somebody who they're Mm -hmm. not supposed to be popping for because we haven't seen the whole thing play out on TV yet. Sometimes you want to cheer for Pentagon to break Sexy Star's arm. No. Sometimes you want to yell that as loud as you can. I like her. I like her. Do we have to break her arm? Well, no, they already did their thing in season one. I know, but I'm just saying. But, But, you know. We don't need to cheer for those kind of things, do we? Just like a little chant you of guys break are her arm. So, okay. Just a little here's, chant. Here's what you guys all need to understand. Both Byron and Casey, and the reason why these two are actually the dearest of friends in the world is because they have an unnatural love of Pentagon Junior. Settle me, Edo. 
Yeah. He's shaking his he's shaking it in my face right now. I, his zero miedo. Uh, but they, I mean, they love, like to the point where now I love Pentagon Jr. Also, it's one of the greatest characters ever. But I almost feel like I have to cheer against Pentagon just to balance the scales for you guys into reality of that Pentagon can't win every match. I mean, he can't win every match. How how is that even possible for him to not win every match? Okay, I'm going to go back to spoilers <laughs> because I can't I can't even have this argument. I'm going to lose just... this argument. There's no point to it. They're never going to listen to me. Pentagon is so over. Uh, I'm sitting in Byron's place right now, and and like I'm draped in Pentagon masks from various eras of of Pentagon Junior. Like I think he has a every time Pentagon switches a mask, I think Byron like runs out and like sews one up himself, to, like out of toilet paper or something. He makes his <laughs> own Pentagon mask. But the spoiler thing, people. Don't post the spoilers. If yeah. you go to a show, if you want to be down, if you want to like holler at Lucha Click or anybody, don't post spoilers, man. Don't don't do it. Don't send them to Meltzner. Don't 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 do any of that stuff. Like seriously, yeah, it's not worth it. You're ruining your own fun. You're ruining your own enjoyment. That the the way the show flows, the way it goes, you don't need to know who's holding the Lucha Underground belt. They're not defending it somewhere else. They're not traveling around the country yeah. with it. It's not going to matter to you unless you watch the frigging show in the first place. If there's some big controversial thing, who cares? Wait and see how it plays out on TV. And then that day when that episode airs, blow them the hell up if you don't like it. Blow up yeah. Lucha Underground. Send a direct message to Robert Rodriguez if you have to. Whatever you feel like you need to do because you didn't like the angle, do it that day. Because guess what? They're not going to give a crap before then anyway. It's already done. It's taped. It's in the can. They're editing it. There's no reason. There's just no reason. Save it, people. Save it. It's worth watching the show. That's my rant about it. There's one last thing I want to talk about. The possibility that lucha underground may show up on netflix or hulu mm -hmm. i love this i love this there's a certain thing about being able to get those shows given you can get it on itunes right now mm -hmm. but if you're not a huge wrestling fan if you're not a bit of a mark are you going to go and pay the money to get it on itunes maybe maybe not i did i'm sure you've probably gotten an episode here or there the thing about netflix is what i call the breaking bad effect mm -hmm. breaking bad I guarantee you is not the show that it that it will always be remembered as without Netflix because the ratings weren't that high the first two seasons. Right. And people were able to go and catch up and watch it and understand the history of Breaking Bad by seeing it on Netflix. Yep. If you give that power to Lucha Underground and then like a casual WWE fan or somebody else is just like, oh, crap, I like wrestling. You know, I'll binge this out a little bit. They're going to watch one of those episodes and they're never going to leave. They're going to sit down and watch 12 of them yeah. in a row. And then the next thing you know, the ratings on what's currently on TV are just going to go up and up and up people are going to get caught up on storylines all of a sudden it's going to be a thing i saw somebody during the show last night live tweeting about the the watching the first season off of itunes yeah that's the kind of thing you're going to get and it's i mean that's huge now what are your thoughts about it uh, well i think itunes is great it's a it's a great uh way to sort of legitimize your show in the in the big realm of all the tv shows and movies um i don't necessarily think lucha underground will make a ton of money off of um itunes i think it, it'd be a great way to put the first run episodes like the current season so that way like when we're on the road working right. 
and I'm in some apartment in, in Florida. And I expect I don't that get, out of every yeah, show to a certain extent, then, though. It's like yeah, I want to be able to buy it on Amazon or iTunes you get the or episodes, wherever. You yeah. can stay current. I, th- I think it's good to pay for the episodes to stay current. But as we go through the seasons, they're going to have more of a catalog. They're going to need that. Oh, we're in season four. I need to watch... You and know. don't get me wrong, this isn't a financial thing to me. Personally, I'll pay for it. But yeah. I'm the guy like Vinny was talking about. Like, I was tape trading back in the day. Like, I was buying yeah. dubbed VHS copies of ECWs from local television in Philly. You know what I mean? Like, I'm that guy. So I don't really count. Yes, I'll buy season one on iTunes. But this, I think, will expand it to people that will love it and mm-hmm. will be faithful fans of it, but wouldn't go out of their way like that. Yeah, it needs to be it needs to be at the right price point, which I hear is what sank the Netflix deal. But Netflix or Hulu, either of them, um, would be would be great. But yeah, you brought up Breaking Bad. I came in at season three. Same here. Yeah. Same here. And it's like one of my favorite shows ever, but I, I watched season three. Yep. The Wire was another show where um it was better binged. I watched the first season of The Wire when it was some of it when it was airing on HBO, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not really into this." It is my favorite show of <laughs> all time. Like I've watched the entire run of that show two or three times, and it's because in the early Netflix days, I was getting the DVDs, which was mm-hmm. four episodes at a time. Oh, painful. Well, yeah, painful by today's standards, but by standards yeah. back then, way less painful than waiting every week to watch the Barksdale story play out on the first season of The Wire. Yeah. I mean, where you had no clue where it was going. You didn't know who the star of the show I've was. You couldn't get the tone. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying, like, if you go and watch it now, yeah, I guarantee you're not going to watch one episode and come back to it a week later. You're going to watch three at least. And then two days later, you're going to watch four. Yeah. You know, it was one of the first shows that was really made where it almost didn't even work if you weren't binging it breaking bad was a similar way you know and i felt like Mm -hmm. if the sopranos had existed in that era it could have actually been an even better show had it been written more towards the ability to do that and they do that now with with shows even that are running regular like walking dead is better binged than it is live even though i know a ton of people watch it live when they go back and rewatch it binged it's great and i just feel like I feel like Lucha Underground could benefit from that. If it does end up on Hulu, which is what the rumors kind of say or where it's going right now, I don't know mm-hmm. how much of this is true or not true. That's, you know, backstage politics and business that is way above anybody we know's pay grade. But if it goes to Hulu, I hope it's not one of those things where you get the four most current episodes and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope it's a deal where the older episodes live on there forever. Like, you have season one there. Because yeah. a lot of shows, and I know a lot of people's biggest complaint about Hulu is they go to watch it. It's Hulu was originally designed for the person who missed their show the night that it aired, and they're still going to watch it that week. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really meant to be, you know, uh, a video service like Netflix was of archived stuff. It was meant to be kind of a, a, a quick rewind, you know, video on demand for that week's programming. Yeah, but if you have the if you have a Hulu membership, I think you get the whole. Well, it depends. Title by title. Like I've been watching this silly uh, blind spot show on NBC and I've been watching Quantico, an ABC show, and I only watch them on Hulu. Mm -hmm. Blind spot after four episodes, they go away. I missed one. Oh, missed one. Yeah. So like, what do I got to do now? Now I got to go buy that one episode on iTunes. And do I care that much? It's not Mm -hmm. a show that's like near and dear to my heart. Quantico, however, the whole season is up there. So you can go back and Empire and a couple of these other shows. So again, 
there's different models with different shows on Hulu. Yeah. And I just hope that if we see Lucha Underground go to Hulu instead of Netflix, like on Netflix, I thought would have been the best place for it. But mm-hmm. if the deal didn't work out, the deal didn't work out. So Hulu is the next best bet. There's a lot of WWE product on Hulu. Mm-hmm. You know, I almost exclusively watch Raw on W on Hulu now because it's an hour and a half. Yeah. They cut out a whole bunch of crap that I'm <laughs> going to probably fast forward anyway. Sorry to the hardcore WWE fans. I just can't three sit through three hours, hours anymore. And, it's the, and there's an overrun. Like, come on, you get to the end of the third hour and we're going to go another five minutes so we can hear somebody's music hit and they can stand in the ring and pose some more. Mm-hmm. And somebody, you know, Michael Cole can scream at me. No, thank you. Um, yeah, so I watch, I typically watch the Hulu version, you know, so if, if, if you see me live tweeting a WWE Raw, it's a very special, special moment. <laughs> uh, more likely than not, you might see me tweet one thing about my comments about Raw on a Tuesday afternoon after I've watched the show in the morning or something. But I, I just, if it goes to Hulu, great. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's all about expanding it. It's uh, it's uh, viewership trying to get it in front of as many people as possible, um, and I think that's one of the keys. I yeah. think that's the I think that could be the the thing to do it for Lucha and really like double the numbers that they're getting on a weekly basis right now. Yeah, it's hard to get people to watch the show that aren't watching the show already. You go, all right, you got to watch Lucha Underground. It's the best show on TV. The okay, ratings have slightly I, ticked yeah. up. I mean, it, surprisingly, an older demographic. I mean, I feel like wrestling fans, not that I'm super old, but wrestling fans like myself that remember uh, good products pre the last, you know, 10 years of WWE. Sadly, I realized that the exact amount of time that WWE really didn't do anything for me was the exact amount of time that Daniel Bryan was there. Oh, no. And it had nothing to do with him. You sure? I'm positive. I'm positive. But like everything else that was going on just didn't interest me at all. And it was like during the exact span of his career in WWE was the the amount of time that I really didn't pay that much attention to the product. Before that, I was watching all the time. You missed The Shield. I didn't miss it. You didn't? No, I mean like... I knew of what was going on there and I turned it on a couple times, but that was a few, that was, a couple of those episodes were the reason why I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to come back to this product. The shield was amazing. Really? The, sh- the shield was great. Not the TV show. The No, I know the, the group. Yeah. The group was WWE. great. Yeah. No, I kept abreast of what was going on. Like I wasn't living under the mat. I was still okay. occasionally tuning in and checking out what was going on, but I wasn't, it wasn't like the old days where I would watch, Raw and SmackDown and, you know, whatever else was going on. And oh, yeah. Whatever no. show they, they had on Sci-Fi Channel before NXT, which was ECW or whatever. You just, their version. You fast forward through Raw. There's no way to watch SmackDown. There's no way to watch any of their other uh, programming. Mauro Ronaldo on SmackDown is phenomenal, though. He's great, yeah, but... I, I And I'm going to say this now. I wish he was on Raw. Yeah. I wish he was on Raw. I don't think the guys that are doing Raw are terrible, but I think Mauro is better. I think he yeah. might be he he might be the whole effing show to well, quote RBD's gimmick. Well, it's just the sports entertainment sort of shtick. I'm also an MMA fan though, so I have yeah. a but I've seen a ton of pure wrestling fans that are really loving Mauro Ronaldo on that show. Yeah. And and you know, uh I know a lot of people were ticked that he didn't get to call the big show at Mania and he only did the pre-show or whatever, mm-hmm. but which was still good. He's a great commentator and I think that you give him two years, he will be sitting in the big chair. Maybe mm-hmm. they move Cole to the back or do something else with him. But, Or maybe he side-by-sides with 
JBL and Cole or something, but I wonder. Well, I mean, it's not like Cole is bad at what he does. It's just he's doing it in a way. He's doing a show that we don't like. Like we don't like the presentation in the ring for the most part. We don't like the way that they tell the stories for the most part. Right. And we also don't like the philosophies used well, for how they call the matches. I will also say this. Morrow, Morrow, his interest may wane after a certain amount of time. If you look at what Michael Cole's done, he has been working his butt off purely on WWE product for what, two decades straight now? Mm-hmm. To the point where Morrow's coming in and he's got all these Japanese references and he's got these references to MMA because he's had time to consume more product than a Michael Cole ever would. Like, you think after Michael Cole ran around for 10 years straight on the road following WWE events that he was sitting down in his hotel room and watching New Japan or MMA or something else? He doesn't have the same context. And it was the same thing people would compare Joey Styles back in the day to, you know, the other commentators that were around then. But it's like, yeah, Joey does one hour of commenting a week and is a fan of a bunch of other stuff and has another business. Of course, he's got different references and and points of of context because he's experiencing more of the world. Poor Michael Cole's been living on the road for two decades, you know. So I don't necessarily fault Michael Cole, but Morrow is doing an amazing job. I don't like SmackDown at all. Yeah. And I can watch that show now. I don't want to. Like, I don't care about the storylines that are going on there, but I want to tune in and I want to hear a little bit of what Ronaldo says every week and see where his commenting goes. And I usually just watch the headliner. Mm-hmm. Or I'll fast forward and see if there's any interesting tidbits or whatever. But again, Hulu, bringing it back home, the yeah. Hulu was a great home for WWE for people who just missed an episode, casual fans or whatever. Um, I'm hoping for a little more out of it for Lucha Underground. And I really, 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 really hope they find some kind of distribution deal Mm -hmm. where people who are already paying for a service, whether it be Amazon Prime, Hulu, or Netflix, that they get at least season one of Lucha there, probably season one and two. Let the fans catch up. Let some people see the product for free now because Mm -hmm. I feel like that is going to monetize the product going forward just like Breaking Bad. Yeah. I mean, it's all about when you meet someone who hasn't seen it and you say, you should watch it. And they go, all right, I'll give it a shot. Where can I find it? Right. You need to give them an episode that they can get through Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, just something that they're already going to have. Yeah. And they could put on an episode and it doesn't have to be the current one, but it needs to be, you need to have a catalog that's that accessible. Yeah. And that I think that'll do it. So... For now, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, I'll be back probably solo to talk a little bit of MMA later in the week uh, or over the weekend. There's a lot of big events coming up. It's a little bit slow. Only one UFC event last weekend with a couple of fights. Uh, Junior Dos Santos put on a boxing clinic against Rothwell. I know a lot of people thought Rothwell was going to just steam through him, but that's really the the only major news coming out of that. We have a big event uh, coming up in Tampa this weekend. So, you know, I'll be back either right after that event or maybe with a little preview of it. And uh, but this Lucha review, another stellar episode, man. I, I and again, I just didn't think it was going to be there. It really, really was. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Vinny Massaro for uh, coming on the show and talking about Balls Mahoney with us. And, you know, and a shout out to Casey for putting up with all of our crap. If you're listening to this, Casey, um, expect more of the same. But we love you anyway. So until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix.